Listen up. It's TLDL. <laughs> Hello. Welcome to TLDL. Welcome to Too Long Didn't Listen in the um, living room studio. Of your place. Of my home. My uh, exposed drywall studio mm-hmm. of my living room on couch cushions. It's kind of a moment, though. It's kind of like an aesthetic. And why are we here today? Because our lights got turned off in the studio. And how did that happen? Because SDG&E had a um, lapse in communication, I think. Are we taking any accountability for um, our lights being turned off? Or? Well, I'm, tr- I'm trying to figure out what exactly happened. So I called in today and they were like, oh, just do everything online. And then I went online and it says server error. I, so I called the owner, Marta. She said um, to just call SDG&E because sometimes that happens. There's with- an office for SDG&E in town. Here in town. Yeah. Because oh. we had to go. So you can like go and figure it out if Hell you can't yes. get a hold of them. Okay. But well, our lights anyways. got turned off because maybe the bill wasn't paid. I hope. I mean, it, they maybe. just take it out of my account every oh, time. Oh, that's so weird. Well, anyway, here we are, everybody. In Chloe's house. In my home. And we are excited for today's episode. <laughs> you better just, get your ass up and work, bitches. Um, because that's our topic today is entrepreneurialism and work and putting in the good work for the good fight for the, the visions. Good that fight. We, yeah, <laughs> whatever the fuck that is. So in the words of Kim Kardashian, get your ass up and go to work. I feel like no one wants to work these days. And that is why everyone's so poor, poor. and ugly. It's <laughs> because no one wants to go to work like me. <laughs> now, I get all the perspectives on this. And I do understand in some context what she's saying when mm-hmm. she says that. I think coming from a family that was like, like in survival mode, mm-hmm. all we did was work. Yeah. So when you're in that mindset and you don't have a vision for what you want, you kind of like subconsciously just work for nothing. So that could piss a lot of people. I think off. that's who she was disrespectful to. Like the yes. people who work so hard and like Get for whatever reason, just like where they were born or whatever it is, you know, like there are honestly so many people who are never going to like climb up the ladder. They're just yeah. statistically, there's just people who are going to work really hard and they're never going to make more than minimum wage paycheck to paycheck. So I think it was very disrespectful to that group of people. Mm-hmm. I think what she was trying to say, and this is what we're talking about today. So we thought the title was funny, Yeah. but I think what, if she would have said, like, if you want a fucking empire, you need to get your ass up and work. I would hear her, but just to say like, people don't want to work these days. Is a it's lot. like crazy because yes. like people are working their fucking asses off and they can't even like feed their children. Well, we'll discuss it more when we get into the episode today, but that's the title. That's why the title is what it is. Mm-hmm. She just could have used a little more context, a little more tact, but it's I a funny it. meme. And you know what? Like, okay, people would say, like, oh, she's born into money, whatever. Yes. Um, there's a lot of people that are born into money that are parasites oh i mean like that's why i think she just should have said the empire thing totally that's all just like a little bit of context what you created yeah um what what was created for you what you have or you can totally just i mean i know a ton of rich kids that like do nothing 100 percent. she didn't offend those people though totally you know yeah okay Mm, good point so anyways yeah that's just my perspective at the end of this so 
Big brag and then insecurity. Yeah. Alex's thing this week was not his thing. It was my thing. I finally came up with a topic for our intros to talk about. Mm -hmm. What's a big brag, Alex? Because I wanted to do insecurities, but then I was talking about what I'm best at in life. And I was like, no, no, I have to include this. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You do negative, positive, you know, cancels each other out. Do you want to start with negative or start with positive? positive no negative okay my insecurity okay talk about your insecurity first my being on camera yeah right oh your teeth i thought you meant being on camera was your insecurity i was like you would have a camera follow you around if you could (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) well i got a while ago like two years ago Mm -hmm. i had wisdom teeth that were growing in this way and impacted a ton of different teeth so i had to get and I way put it off. So I had to get these two teeth pulled out as well as a wisdom teeth and a molar. So these ones show up and they're... What tooth are those? You're like fourth teeth back? Yeah. 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 And... I don't think it's that noticeable. I, I can see it, it on before. camera. I'll say it again. I, I can don't see really it on the reels. It. I ins- When I do the reels, because mm-hmm. I am the one that en- edits the Instagram reels, I very much like... There's like little zoom in and out moments. That's when I'm like... And you could does it bother you? Or oh my god! I feel like I'm like you? I feel like I'm a backcountry guy. Like I'm like missing teeth, backcountry. <laughs> no, that's it. I don't think it's as noticeable as you think it is. But I think I would also be insecure if it were me. Yes, for so, sure. And if I saw someone else with it, I wouldn't be like, "You're well, fine." You don't like open your mouth as like much as you do when you're on video. So like in day to day, I think I noticed one was missing, and I didn't even notice the other one mm-hmm. was missing until you told me. Hmm. Like straight up, just didn't see it. So. Oh, but it's an insecurity. Yeah. It's all internal. It's not super deep, but it is kind of like, oh, it's my face. No, it's my face without my teeth again. <laughs> <laughs> There's my gap in my mouth. Exactly. And then my biggest the um, big brag. brag. Which I don't know why I called it a big brag. <laughs> I was, I would say flex maybe. Not flex, I just actually. thought I liked the alliteration. Mm. Mm. Um, I am a good cook. Okay. In a way that's like not cuisine i don't like <laughs> not like oh like a little sprinkle of this and a sprinkle of that blah, blah, blah. but i do like to like make sauces and blend mm. things sometimes i'll boil some squash down and blend it and make like a soup with like garlic and all this stuff and i don't cook like thai food or like italian mm-hmm. i just like have seasonal ingredients and i work with what i got and i feel like poverty helped poverty the, helped yeah when i grow when growing up like that's you all we write did a letter we just to Kim like, K. I'm a better cook today because of poverty. Because of poverty. Poverty teaches you stuff. Oh my it's god! Not yes, go- it does. I, honestly, not no, a great like mentality would, like you to can go. Just find what you can in your cabinets and make something out of it for sure. The amount of weird dinners oh, that I yeah. ate, like after my mom got sick and like wasn't cooking because she was a phenomenal chef, but when she couldn't, I this stuff I had to come up with was insane. Yeah, it's nice. It's yeah. it's nice to be able it's to. It's so most nice people, to only have a few things in your cabinet. Most people <laughs> don't have, don't know how to cook. I went that's, on so yeah, many dates with true. dudes that are like, you cook? Oh my God, that's so amazing that you cook. I'm like, it's not really a flex. And to be honest, like I understand in a the big picture, like most people, it's it's not really a big flex, but 
it is something that I know how to do. And I know that. Well, and you also love know. doing it. You enjoy it. It's like part of your routine. So it's not just like, cause I think I can cook a few dishes pretty well, mm-hmm. but I, it's like not my identity. So it wouldn't be like a it's big rag. But like, I think cooking is a big thing for you. I yeah, do think it's sure. part of your identity. Like sure. you cook at home a lot. You don't like going to out to that. eat. I had to own that. It is something that I do. Cause I'm like, I think it's cool. This is normal. This is for me. It's just norm. The norm. People My like, mom used to cook like homemade meals three times a day before she got sick. Like loved oh, to cook. Also did go. not like going out to eat. Didn't think any restaurant could cook as good as she could. Insane to me. me. I am like, color. get me there. Get me every meal I'm on like, the menu. I'm like, there's rats in that kitchen. You're like, I'll roll the dice. I know. The other day I went out to eat and I was like, I have to tell you something bad about them. And I was like, if it's rats, like I don't really care. Uh, I was and like, he was like, it's. It's, it's not rats. Trump. It's Trump. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, whatever. Whatever. Okay, my biggest brag. Now hold your hold um, your horses, everybody. So the horses are. I going don't know nowhere. if you know this about me, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I am it. an elite typist. Oh yeah. Yeah, I can type. Last on record, I don't want to say anything false here, but I can type 113 words a minute with 100% accuracy, which oh, 100%. is a fucking flex. 100% a accuracy? Mm-hmm. Whoa. So at my old sales job, before I was like promoted into like a larger sales role and before my like ANC, my company or anything, I worked with three other guys at the front counter (laughs) of my old job. And they would spend like hours practicing typing, trying to beat me and my stats. Like I turned three men into secretaries, which I think was just me doing the Lord's work. A true flex. Just, I was like, no, I'm literally always going to be better than you. But if you like men want to spend hours <laughs> trying to improve your typing skills, it will serve you so well be it. for secretary roles in the future. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yes. I okay. My NC. Oh yeah. I should have started. Should I, did we start with good? Did you start with good? I started with bad first. Oh, you did? That's well, all right. We'll go for, yeah. Oh, sorry. I'm better than everyone at emailing. So yeah. At emailing? Typing. Oh, okay, I can send it, out yeah, yeah. so many motherfucking emails in such a short period of time. But you can't set up a Zoom meeting. Continue though. Listen, <laughs> that wasn't my brag. Okay. Okay. Good point. And okay. now what's your downfall? Well, I don't What's really, your last flaw? My, my last uh, flaw is. <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny. The last time you were like, I feel like crypto is like my, the like. My the, final the flaw. The only thing I don't know about. It's like my final <laughs> flaw, not understanding crypto in and out. No, okay. So the thing that made me think of this isn't a current insecurity, but it was such a big insecurity of mine for so long. But the um part, the armpit fat that comes out. Of, Zoom in on this, Ilya. Okay. And for audio <laughs> listeners, just like just armpit picture. fat. Yeah, it's just like just, that extra tit that you get on the side. I have like very um Breasty breasts, and they jut out of my Resty? arm. Breasty breasts. There's so many, so much boob that so it creates extra boob. Breast in my boobs <laughs> that it, I have like an armpit boob, and I used to be so insecure, like I wouldn't wear certain dresses, like going to like school dances. Oh, that is sad, I would though. like cover it up. I would wear anything that wouldn't like um, engage with my breasty breast on in my <laughs> armpit, my armpit fat, and it only is on my left side. Really, like shirts sit breasticle. Yeah, there's two it's like them. a third. And also I have a third nipple. You don't have a third nipple. Yes, I do. I, I don't want to know. Oh, it's but right here. Here. 
That's a third nipple. I have a third nipple right next to my armpit. Is that a biological nipple? Is that just a mole? No, no. It's a nipple. It was, it's an underdeveloped extra nipple. (laughs) I found out when I was pregnant. So. (laughs) You have four tits and three nipples. Got it. (laughs) Got it. (laughs) Anyway, I don't care at all now. Like I'm so neutral about it. It does not bother me. I would never like not wear something. I don't like love it, but it doesn't bother me. I don't care if I see it in pictures. I don't even notice it. Um, my actual biggest insecurity is being annoying. Like I hate the idea that people think I'm annoying and it, Mm. it it haunts me because I know that there's a high chance a few people think I'm annoying on this planet. I think that's everyone. I'm really insecure about it though. Like I just am such a people pleaser. Like I need people to like me. So my extra armpit breast and my annoyance. I feel like in life Mm -hmm. being super overly like charged about something Mm -hmm. and in super like negatively charged about something, I think it's better to take things in a neutral state. Well, yeah, but like sometimes you can't get there. I don't know when I stopped caring about my armpit fat, but it it was brought up because a client of mine was like really insecure about that in Mm -hmm. her wedding dress. And she like got it altered. So it went away. She like doesn't normally have that. But it was just so funny because like, oh, my God, it just brought me back to that time where like that's all I obsessed about. I was like, whoa, your breast. I remember my extra like the armpit. What are we going to call this? What clinical what biblical term can we call this? I don't know. Breastical. I like breastical. (laughs) I feel like that's just a term for my normal girlies. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Well, okay. We are very very excited about having our first motherfucking guest on TLDL because um our topic today is about entrepreneurialism and business we have a very very special guest so today we brought in tax genius business mogul, self-made hundred air, Amy Reeves, <laughs> the co-owner of ANC events and the person we have referenced the most on the podcast. We are not talking, including my mother, not including Ivanette. <laughs> Welcome to the living room. <laughs> Hello everybody. She's like, I'm here. I'm <laughs> so honored to be here in Chloe's unfinished living room on the floor. Such a joy to have you. We love it. It's such incredible. a privilege. Thank you for pointing out all of the things that I am not good at. <laughs> Just to really skyrocket us into this. You're welcome. Hell yeah. Um, I do have a, a comment. Oh, Oh, so okay. I've been watching you guys like TV, you know, as I do. And I she's been know, watching us record. I too accidentally got my power shut off once. Oh, <laughs> I did. And? and it's a funny story. And it was entirely a miscommunication. And that's why I feel fine telling the followers of TLDL. I, um, yes, it was, please. Mark and I were like, pr- Mark is my husband, pretty newly dating. Okay. Uh, but we had an apartment together because I moved in after three weeks. Um, and <laughs> uh, with her mans. Yeah. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did. Um, but it was, you. we moved into his apartment and then decided together, like, oh, this isn't my place. This is your place. Let's get our own. So we moved into a separate apartment in the same building. Um, and everything I love that. was 
we didn't share bank accounts or anything because we were dating for like a month and a half. And I said, Hey, can you pay the electric bill? And he said, yeah, no problem. Um, and then I came home one day and said, Hey, I paid so-and-so bill, whatever it was. And he thought I said electric. And so nobody paid the electric bill. And so it did come down to lack of payment. That's true. Okay. Alex. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't, well, yeah, maybe. We'll see. We will have an update for everyone on what turned off our studio lights this week. We'll see. We'll see. Okay, Amy, we have some rapid fire questions for you today before we jump into our topic. Are you ready? Alex, shall. Ready as I'll ever be. Okay, I'll start and then you go and then I'll go and then we'll get to know you, bitch. And then we're moving into this entrepreneurship. Let's do it. it. All right. How do you know us? Um, Chloe, I met in college and Alex, I met in Chloe's living room. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Are you a real blonde? Yes and no. Oh, okay. I I am a real blonde. I, my hair is blonde. I blonde eyebrows, blonde leg hair. Um, I do enhance my blonde. Got Mm -hmm. it. Yeah, so the top part of my hair now, you can see it probably looks a little darker. Um, I call it dirty dishwater blonde. I hate my natural color. So do I. It looks like dirty dishwater. And so I just, I get, I get a partial highlight every few weeks and that <laughs> brightens me on up. Oh yeah. How about you, Alex? What's your hair routine? I just took my hat off. Mm-hmm. That's my hair routine. Yeah. He like shaves his head himself. I cut my own hair. Yeah. Okay. What is your coffee drink, Amy? Um, it rotates, but my like typical go-to no matter what is a, are you ready? Yes. yes. Okay. I get a triple shot of espresso in a 20 ounce cup poured like an Americano, no extra water, extra ice, one scoop of white chocolate, half a pump of coconut topped with cream. Whoa. This is Seattle barista culture. This is white girl culture in the Pacific Northwest. I am from Seattle, obviously. But I have brought to this little town that we live in the concept of a white mocha Americano with no water. And it is... Changed things. It's changing. I literally, the other day at the coffee shop, someone came in who I did not know and I overheard go... I, my wife wants to order Chloe's Americano. I was like, oh my God, I've made it. (laughs) Some lady at right afterwards was like, whatever she got, I'm getting one. Whoever Chloe is. (gasps) I was like, and it's all, all women. I'm bringing coffee to San Diego. It's all white ladies to be frank. Um, excuse me. The person who ordered it was a black man. So for his off. white wife. Well, semantics. <laughs> I heard it come out of a black man's mouth and you just cured racism with a white and mocha. Sorry. I'm energizing <laughs> every person in this fucking town. Hell okay. Yeah. Okay. Alex, we have two more questions. Um, do you drink alcoholic beverages? <laughs> I do. Self. <laughs> <laughs> Proclaimed casual drinker. <laughs> I am. I just like am so honest about it because I think if you're not honest about it, that means you're probably a little bit of an alcoholic. See? Um, 
But my mom, I mean, growing up, my mom drank a bottle of wine a night. My dad's always drank half a bottle of vodka a night. I, everyone in my family drinks. My sister doesn't because of medication purposes. Right. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I yeah. was 16 and my dad was jokingly giving me beers and wine. And, and you were like, no, I'm really drinking this. <laughs> how I relax every night. Some people work out and some people have three cocktails on the couch. So, And some people do other things. Yes. Yeah. Heroin. Yes. That's oh, just kidding. <laughs> what I'm talking about. And last but not least, do you have pets? And if so, tell us about your worst one. Um, I have a plethora of pets, and Check. it will only continue to grow. In the vows at my wedding, I vowed to never stop bringing home animals. Girl, I know um, that's I right. <laughs> I have. Well, I have my own pets. I have two cats and two dogs. Okay. Okay. I currently in my household at this time have four cats and four dogs. <laughs> it's a mess. That's <laughs> 15 chickens. Wow. And I did have Chloe's pigs for a while. Yes. So you have a zoo. I'm looking at the most adorable dog right now sleeping. Cashy's just asleep. Oh, I, I have know. right at my, I'll actually show you. Okay, let's see. I, I have two of the Aww, four. If you guys are watching on YouTube, you're lucky. You're lucky. They're sweet as a button. The other two are on. Um, the most the delicate little computer. angels sent from heaven. They are so cute. Yes. Who's your worst one? Who do you hate? Um, my <laughs> That's Who? What's his name? Are we allowed to cuss? Yeah. Have you listened to a single minute of <laughs> this have, podcast? It made me nervous. She is such a bitch. Penny. <laughs> Penny. Penny is my cat that I forced Mark to adopt when I forced myself in to his apartment three weeks after we started dating. Mm -hmm. um, after I forced him into going into PetSmart to just look at the little puppies running around because I knew we couldn't get one. Obviously. Obviously. And we walked by the little adoption center that they have there. And Penny, this dumb bitch, sticks <laughs> her paw out at me onto my shoulder and goes, Mow, and puts her head up on me. Aww. And I said, we're getting this cat. And they said, well, actually, it's her and her sister. They like they have to go together. And I said, great, we're getting two cats. We're getting two cats. We're getting two cats, and um, at first I couldn't understand why anybody could possibly have given these sweet cats up. They're huge. Um, I have since learned <laughs> if I go out of town for too long or I don't feed her on time, she will wait until I fall asleep into the middle of the night and she will pee on me. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. Has Gizmo peed on you? Never. Uh-huh. Say that again. Sorry. No, I said she just scratches everything and she is the worst and probably my favorite. <laughs> That's how Saki is. I like I have a cat I'm obsessed with. Alex has a like wild cat as well. My I was gonna say my gizmo. Gizmo <laughs> is a delicate angel sent from heaven. He doesn't pee on anything or poop on anything other than his litter box. He will sleep and snuggle with me. He'll sleep on me like a scarf. We and, see you every day and on your Instagram I, story. And he he hangs over my neck. He's the most, I mean, I'll cry. Just kidding, I won't, but he's the best animal ever. You and Amy can have a separate conversation later crying <laughs> about your animals. Um, Sweet. Um, so, 
with the topic of today's episode, mm-hmm. now that we've talked about cats, again, um, <laughs> Alex, I can talk about cats forever. It's his favorite thing. Um, so entrepreneurship, entrepreneurialism, mm-hmm. um, this is a topic we got really excited before we start. We were like, oh my God, we have so much shit to talk about. And we do. Um, we do. How many, actually, we'll obviously start with Amy. How many projects, businesses, stuff have you had before your partnership, if you had any? So I haven't had anything before ANC. This was kind of my first passion and the first thing I really dove into. Hell yes. Um, I do have one in the works separately from ANC. And then Chloe and I have a few in the works that aren't quite solidified yet. But I do have one that's about halfway through the process. Okay. Nice. And how about for you? How many did I try to start? Yeah. Or like how many did you attempts or like different ideas or, or <laughs> official stuff? Well, for me, I think like I think for Amy, if I'm right, it was more like this was what she was passionate about. So it was worth starting a business. But I think for me and maybe more similarly to you, Alex, like just the idea of owning a company at all was equally as exciting as whatever the company was. And like I definitely wedding planning is something that I was always wanted to do since I was a little girl, but also just the idea of like owning businesses and doing things on my own and making my own money was exciting. So I had to literally write it down. It wasn't that many. I've only legitimately invested in two. So I've only put money into two, which would be obviously the wedding planning business. And then this podcast, like those are the only two things that I've put money into ANC is the only LLC that I own mm-hmm. and anything that Amy and I have going on will like go under the brand and the umbrella of ANC. Um, but I also have, <laughs> I, during the pandemic thought for about one week that I could become a candle maker. <laughs> um, I was pregnant sitting in my bright orange living room that I painted and, um, suffering with depression as we all were. <laughs> And I bought $90 worth of supplies, poured one fucking candle and was like, oh no, no, this is not my calling. And then I also one time wanted to make a walking stick company Ooh! because like for, I'm a little intrigued by the walking stick. What, what motivated my husband? That was a Ben thing. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Ben has a lot further to fall if he falls off it was like before he hits the ground we used to like do more backpacking trips and I have a really bad knee like my right knee is really bad and so I thought um that would be fun to make like cute walking sticks but then I realized I didn't want to do that but I bought a domain walking stick company was the name of the company (laughs) walkingstick.co Well, all of our business names are incredibly thoughtful and creative. Amy and Chloe Events, Walking Stick Co. Chloe's Candles. come with poeticism to every business I do. Yeah. I have my other one that's in the works is during my COVID experience, which was um, both the highest high and the lowest low, I'll say. For me, it was we had a lot of 
things go awry with living situations, which was really tough. But overall, I got to quit a job I hated. Yeah. And I got that was good for me too. That was a relief. Fuck yeah. Yeah, I quit it. I quit it. I quit a job I hated. And I ended up getting a house that I love that in between of those things during living situations wasn't the best. Mm-hmm. But I did need somewhere to put all my energy in because A and C could not do events. We just oh, yeah. You can't be an event planner in a global I pandemic. Wrote a cookbook. I love this. Yeah. Which is super, which has a far more thoughtful name than Walking Stick Co. <laughs> what is it? Listen, it's Cozy in the Kitchen. Thank <gasps> you. That is very yeah. cute. And it's about halfway done. The, the writing, the recipes are all there. I've done half the photos. It just takes a lot more work to write a book, I guess, than yeah. I anticipated. Hell yeah. <laughs> and then photos and then like video promos. It's going to be like a thing. It's a whole thing. Doing the photo shoot for those photos is like a three day, 10 hour days thing because it's not, it's mostly, it's not real recipes. Hell yeah. And then what about you, businessman? I... Like does I really enjoyed the idea of um like before I even started business, I was like, that would be great. And like I like the idea of having a business. Having a business. Yeah, I felt and the I just, same way. I like was like, this is amazing. You can make millions of dollars. And like obviously, yes, but like like um the greatest philosopher of our time and priestess, high priestess um Kim Kardashian said, <laughs> You have I feel like nobody um, wants to work. Mm-hmm. And that's what my issue was. I was like, and also that came with a lot of other issues anyway. So I started first project was a cleaning, a uh, cleaning business. Mm-hmm. And then, um, it was like all natural or whatever. And then, um, I rebranded it and went wait Cause I figured out all these formulas that were even more than just like natural cleaning products. I can make my own and then have that as a selling point. And y'all, white ladies in Portland paid a lot of fucking money for that. Oh, absolutely. The only reason why I didn't become a millionaire off of it is because I didn't really, I never had, and this was with all of my business ventures other than what I'm learning here with uh, TLDL is having a team and trusting other people in getting onto your project is vital. And then, um, so I also, went to Boston to help rebrand my parents' cleaning business and then um, got suckered into a... Oh, not suckered in. Yes. For a very small, like, short uh, amount of time, someone was like, oh, yeah, I'm into natural medicine. You should come to this group. And it ended up being an essential... Not Young Living, but an essential oil... Doterra, the other one. Yeah, um, essential oil uh, network marketing, MLM, um, pyramid scheme type of business. And I... It's so funny because how like quickly did you like start it and then leave? Like, what was your? Um... It was like well, w- at first it was all natural health classes, okay. so it was not like oh you're getting into this business or whatever. Then they started talking about business, and then they kind of like very much like hypnotize you into like buying stuff and and I really I honestly the products were great, literally worked. I mean, mm-hmm. it's crazy. That's like the weird thing when about you some say of these worked companies. like with relaxation or like what did no, they like say they, they were example, doing? They had this capsule that had I don't know. I mean, I just know all I know is the essential oil part. I don't yeah. know any other. They had these products. like gel capsules that um were really good for like 
acid reflux in people that had like nausea or what or like food poisoning it was crazy good stuff like that but they're ex- and there's other companies that do the same formula that work just as good to pay almost that aren't half, predatory yeah, almost half the price and um was um they're not as forceful with um, they're well, they're legitimate businesses. Doterra yeah. is not a legitimate. You don't own a business if you work for an MLM. Yeah, well, the MLM is a is an actual business, but the people working for oh, them yeah, are the employees. The person who founded the MLM, yes, yeah, is yeah. running a business. But when someone, yeah, yes, the yes. people, the, not the people no, running it, yeah, the yeah, people yeah, yeah, buying yeah. the product and then reselling how- their products or whatever that you know. Every single like MLM has a different structure. Yeah, yeah. But no, you do but, not own a, a small business. Yes, but um, you know, it makes people feel that way because they have an inventory. I don't even know the legality of why they're even allowed to say that it's oh, a business. I do, and when we do our MLM episode, I can like walk through the loopholes through all of all of that i learned the importance of marketing using social media through word of mouth through all of it um you you just end up learning all this stuff but anyways those were my all of my business ventures oh of course and then i did youtube i still kind of i have my youtube channel right i do like um hikes like you know walkthroughs of hikes in the area and then natural wild herb edible herbs which one of them really is taking off on its own which is weird oh that's awesome and then two podcasts before this one Fuck so i yeah. think it's like as my a, god yes so a lot of business ventures which is not a flex it's just like it's i just dabbled a lot around and stuff yeah Alex, you would love my mom <laughs> you and my mother would be two peas in a motherfucking pod what's her name <laughs> My mom, I you know, a little bit of TMI for everybody listening. Have I get chronic UTIs? It's aggressive. It. It's the worst. My mom scavenges our property for this certain kind of weed that grows. She then dehydrates, turn them, turns them into an oil, freezes them, and makes me thaw them into a cup of water every morning to drink them. And while it's insane, I have not had one in three months. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is why I think it's amazing. We'll, we'll <laughs> save it for our natural. So like, excited for episode. You and Amy's mom. Your What's your mom's name? Chef. What's your mom's name? Tina. I call her Tina. Tina, Tina. I see you, girl. We're homies already. Anyways, continue. I'm just like okay. No, I'm fascinated, and I love the like difference in maybe motivation there. Because for all of us, I mean, obviously we all own a business now and like all own businesses, but different reasons. And I think there's some people who have a drive to like be an entrepreneur from the beginning. They're like, I'm going to own a business and start a thing. And this is what I'm going to do. And then there's other people who are like, I'm really passionate in this industry and I will work in it in whatever way I can. And if that means owning my own company, like I will do that. But I think it's just funny to look at the different motivations, but then you end up in the same spot being business owners, completely overwhelmed, um, with a whole ass company that is under you that you had no idea was going to happen overnight. And you suddenly are an entrepreneur. Yes. Cause I always like wanted to own a business, but bitch, I did not know what that meant. Yes. Oh yeah. Leads me to, yeah, we can. Okay. Let's do it opposite. We started with Amy last time. We'll start with you. Okay. Um, do you, did you, for any of your things, have professional training? Like, are you, were you qualified? I 
um, was not. My only professional <laughs> training was being in survival mode yep. for most of my life. And you just fucking make it work. Mm -hmm. And for sure. YouTube. Yeah, the Academy of YouTube. YouTube University. Yeah. I, just like for like, cleaning stuff, like even for formulas, like how did you come up with the natural cleaning stuff? Um, it was a couple of different stuff. Like, so there was this um, one video that changed everything. They were like, you can clean windows using distilled water. And not like windows, like the ones we're Don't looking look at, at right my, now. Don't look at my windows. Let's pan the camera around. Don't. Just kidding. Those windows um, are none of your business. Uh, but like mirrors and stuff like that. My single pane windows that have a crack in it and the air just flows into my home. Let's not speak on them. <laughs> <laughs> but um, someone said you could, so you could use distilled water. You can use hydrogen peroxide instead of bleach. Vinegar is not a disinfectant, FYI. That's a kind of a weird thing that people say. They're like, oh, I use vinegar I to clean all the time. I think it's for a scent thing. It's I didn't maybe. think it was disinfectant. I thought like moms used it for like scent, like when they have stinky babies. Oh, okay. Well, they, some people use it to mop their floor, which is weird. Oh. Yeah, it's just astringent um, and it helps. I use it to deodorize. Like I'll pour it down my sink when my pipes are stinky. Yes, yes. Stuff like that. Um, oh, but interesting. You can, yeah. But you can use hydrogen peroxide. You can use um, isopropyl alcohol. Of course, you'll be very, you have to know what you're doing when you're like spraying. You can't just spray alcohol on this kind of floor. Right. You know what I mean? But all that and then essential oil blends, which kind of takes it all up next level. Um, and there's a specific type of soap. There's a company called the EWG, which is an environmental workers group. And they graded all of these based on the environmental impact and how it impacted. Right, I've heard of that. Yeah. Impacted plants and people and the sensitivities. So I searched, researched all of that. And I was like, this is some shit, y'all. This is crazy. So I um, put all that together and created the formula. And I would just pitch this to ladies, uh, to people in Portland, mostly moms, people with pets and stuff. And, um... If you have something that works that you believe in, it just sells itself. Oh, you can bullshit your way into anything. But not even bullshit. If I couldn't, my thing is I can't bullshit my way into anything. I literally have to believe it. If there's one little hole in any of the logic or anything, um, I can't, I don't feel ethically right selling it if I don't know thoroughly what's going on. I still think to sell yourself, like the more I get into business and the more successful we become, when I say like the bullshitting part, it's not about the product or the service. Yeah. Hello, Cassius, our dog. That's all right. Is coming. Um, what I mean by that is like, you can like fuck around and find out with anything. Yeah. Like you, totally. that's, I don't mean like not selling a legitimate product, but selling yourself when you have very little experience or genuine qualifications, you are bullshitting your way into business now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, cause you're not going to college and getting the certifications or businesses. And you know, none of us did that. So I'm not saying like, that's the right way to do it. Cause it's not the way any of us did it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I don't mean what you were selling was bullshit, but you kind of have to like, fake it until you make it like show up. Like I have this business, this amazing product. Oh, I yeah. am going to make your life better. And until you actually do it time and time and time again, it is kind of like, you don't know if it's really going to work out. So that's totally. what I mean. Yeah. And like, for me, I didn't know how to clean a house very well. I didn't, I would have to, I would get a lead in like through like internet marketing and people be like, yeah. And I, I was like, I'll give you a free estimate. And they were like, okay, cool. So I would show up to these, some guy showing up to some strange woman's home. And they were just like, yeah, I walked through. I pretended it was, I was, it was just me. I pretended like there, the name was thera cleaning, like therapeutic cleaning. Oh, cute. Um, and 
I was like, oh, I pretended I represented this company. I never said I was a solo. Okay, yes. bullshit. Yes, See, yes, that's what exactly. I mean. It's not yes. that your product was like not going to work. You weren't scamming anyone. Yeah. But part of becoming something, you there have is an to art like, of BS. Yes. It and just you have is to come in. And I'm like, oh, yes, of course. I know exactly how to dust your ceiling. But as long as you, no as long as you're going to follow through on yeah. whatever you're promising, even if you're pulling it out of thin air and it's like, I just, whatever made my way through this, as long as you follow through yeah. and you do it, then you are, you've started a legitimate business. And with the service, if you have little, like, for example, I had like a, um, a guarantee where I was like a satisfaction guarantee. So like, if you didn't like something that I did, or like if I, if I left and you didn't feel like it was okay, I would come back and for free touch up on anything that we agreed on that I didn't do. Like before I, I went in, like there was no ex extra expectations. Like they were like, Oh, but can you like extra mop this area here? When, before I came in, when I would do the estimates, I was like, this is what we clean everything. This is what I'm going to clean. And they agreed. We wrote a list down. They shook on it. And there was never any lapse in communication unless it was my fault. Then that would be the, you but know. you had integrity if you didn't yes, do something. Totally. Okay. I have yes. a question. I want to hear yes, Amy's yes. experience like too. And like what her training was, but then, um, I want to go back to the like, uh, business side of things where you had the satisfaction guaranteed and like contracts. I want to like touch on that, yeah. but Amy, do you tell us about your experience and your qualifications before yeah. Starting a whole ass business. Harvard Business School. Um, I can say I had any form of um qualifications to be starting a business. Yeah, <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. I um, am horrible on the computer. I am Chloe calls me geriatric. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't know how to, I I I don't I don't I'm honest. Know. And I've learned what I'll say is like it's been a learning process. I was well attuned relative relatively well trained in events yes and the process of events and what it takes to put on an event and the paperwork you need behind that event to keep yourself safe and the client safe um and setting a table in the way it should look and the way things should properly be faced um I did I worked for I think three years in total at venues that that's all I did it's all I did was tell people how to set stuff and go behind them and correct them. What was your title at the venues? Um, I was the wedding planner for one of them. And all we did was three weddings a week. I was the coordinator. To be Horrible. Sure. So I was the planner for the venue. Um, in hindsight of what I actually was, I was a venue manager. Okay. Yes. And okay. an event coordinator. Got it. Um, that is what I did. I made sure all the catering was out on time. I took, I did intake and outtake meetings for all of the clients. I was there 16 hours a day to run the event. My whole 40 hour week came in three days. Isn't that crazy? Uh, Whoa. Yeah. Shit. So it was nuts, but I was also 20, 21 years old, 20 years old. And I had the kind of energy to do that. And so it was kind of the best training I think I could have done. Do you think you were like, or were you, I mean, not even, do you think, were you trained like, or was it a sink or swim situation? Like at the venue? It was sink or swim. Okay. It was, I either had to commit to it and figure it out as I went, or I needed to back out now because I was going to get myself in way too deep. And I decided that regardless of the 
awful management that was happening. Yeah. I actually did love what I was doing. And so I went the extra mile to get trained. Right. No, I love that because I feel like a lot of times, I don't know for people listening, like we are put into positions where we like, Oh, I love what I'm doing, but I'm not really learning it the way I should be. Or there's some lapse in training, Mm -hmm. but I think you still in those situations can tell like, this is what I want to do, but this is not how I want to be doing it, which I think is how we ended up starting a business because you knew you loved what you were doing, but you weren't being paid enough. And the venue sucked. Um, and we can say that because they don't exist anymore. Like they are shut down. There's nothing. We don't care about hurting feelings. Um, so I feel like for you, the motivation was like, you found what you wanted to do, but you knew that there was no perfect way to do it unless you did it your fucking self. Yes. I knew by, I would say two and a half years in or two years in, I'll say, that I either had to start my own business one way or another, or I needed to find a new career because there's no way to have a sustainable life. No, the burnout is crazy. For big companies. It just, it does not exist. Before I go into my experience with this and like whatever qualifications, um, did you ever, like, I know you've worked in the service industry. We've talked about that before briefly. Oh, yeah. Have you ever worked formally for a company that wasn't the service industry, like anything within the realm of cleaning, podcasting, like nothing, literally no qualifications. I love this. None. I love it though. And like just purely being passionate about wanting to build an empire. I think as like, just, I realize, I realized it recently, but looking back in hindsight, I'm just an entertainer in the sense of like, I like making art. I like making music. I like doing video content Mm -hmm. where I'm in front of the camera. I like that. So that's where I'm finding out where, but nothing to do with any of my jobs other than like being in the service industry. You're like, Hey, this is me, blah, blah, blah. Sit down on this table. This is what we have. You know, like you're kind of a face. So I guess you are putting on a show. Yes, for for sure. sure. No. And I just, I don't think like cleaning was the thing for you. Oh, hell no. I think I could build but it a cleaning gave you business. Some business side. Yes, I I could build a cleaning business and not be the cleaner. That's for sure. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And Which just like, then it's probably not your passion then. Yeah, not my passion for sure. I love the natural cleaning. What I loved about it is I could never clean someone's houses with bleach. No offense to you bleach users out there. Uh, uh, what? What? Of where's the bleach? No, I'm, I'm saying anyone. Any? I don't know. Chloe. I mean, I don't know. Amy, I Chloe. Love- bleach i don't have a problem with bleach to be honest he just was gesticulating wildly in my face you bleach users no i'm nothing against anyone that's like bleach users i use ammonia but i like the fact that i could provide a service where it was like completely and then they had an option for no sense at all and that we could just use a scentless no i do think you still had some passion yes for sure it just wasn't like the yeah it wasn't like me with the candle making when like obviously that didn't go anywhere and like it is more of a jokey thing but i love candles either all over my house i actually didn't mind the like pouring them. It was funny to me to like read in. I was honestly just amusing myself during the pandemic again, but I was like, which wax like burns the most and the least. And so I was able to find something interesting about it, but yeah, ultimately, no, I don't want to make candles. Yes, totally. But I would own a company that made candles. That's what I'm exactly. saying. Yes. Like, but I would own any company. I'm yes, like, whatever. Yes, 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 yes. Um, well, I'm completely unqualified as well. Uh, 
I think I gear more on Alex's side of unqualified than Amy's because at least you were professionally somewhat trained in the um, in the service that you were doing. So you were like, I am a wedding planner. Um, obviously, we've learned so much more than I think you could have ever anticipated in the moment. Um, but you at least were like, you at least had something. So for me, I dropped out of college. I worked for a coffee shop again. I helped this guy though. I got hired in a different capacity than just a barista. I was hired by someone to advise him because he had no coffee experience at all on what equipment supplies and things he would need as well as pricing to start a coffee shop in Bellevue at the Botanical Gardens. It was a really cool job opportunity um, with a guy who was an amazing man. And I kind of came on in in like an advisor role and then stuck on as a barista. And at the time, like I think six months in, he was like, you could sell like sand to a sand person. Now, if that's a racist comment, I don't know how it is. But as I say it out loud, maybe that's a weird, is a sand person. Is that I a don't thing? think anybody is a sand person. Okay, good. There's no race of sand. No? Okay, sand wonderful. Race. Okay, wonderful. Yeah. So he was like, I want to get you a job in sales. And like, you've done a lot for me and I appreciate it. To be honest, we were butting heads because strong personalities. And he was like, I want to get you a job in sales. So I went into sales and immediately it was like, oh, I'm really good at this. I was selling restaurant supplies and I love to eat out. I love to go to restaurants. That is a passion of mine. Um, and I got to like meet chefs and owners and I got to sell them things that really matter to them. I got to help them make their dreams come true and budget things and like give them this restaurant that they wanted. But I was selling someone else's product. And what I really gravitated towards was tabletop. And I ended up mm. being kind of referred to as a tabletop expert. But what I ultimately like realized is that back in the day when I'd wanted to be a wedding planner those things now that I loved about the restaurant industry, I still get to do being a wedding planner, but it didn't really like hit me until I got engaged. And I had an opportunity to plan my wedding, which is how I got to know Amy because I ended up hiring her for $750 that I've never paid her and never will. I saw you. I see you leaning forward. You'll never get paid for that. No. Don't expect to. Good. <laughs> Fuck you. No one's getting my $750 for my pandemic wedding that didn't happen. Um, There's, I mean, it never happened. So it literally never happened. No reason to be paid. Ugh. But no, I, um, I guess really where the qualification came from was I learned a lot about running a business with customers, setting expectations, finding a budget, finding things that fit within that budget. And then on the back end, like providing the service I promised. It was like, I am, and I was selling millions of dollars worth of things. It was not low money yeah, packages. Yeah. I mean, I was selling ovens that were $20,000 plates that were 40, $50 a plate. Like these were big things that if they went wrong, they had real life consequences. So I actually, unlike both of you, I think had more of a grasp of the ramifications of something going wrong in business. So I, that's where I got my confidence. And then honestly, as for the wedding planning, I hired Amy hired quote unquote to do my wedding. And I was like, Oh no, never mind. Wait, I want to do this. I, but I really want to do this. This is what I want to do. This is my calling. So let's do this. But all I had to offer was like, I'll help with the business side. You teach me how to plan a wedding and then let's 
do this. And it has now three years later turned into let's build an empire. But at first it was just like, I don't know. I don't know. A risk. Like, <laughs> yeah, sure. It was a risk. Sounds risky. I didn't have nearly as big of ramifications as a million dollar restaurant package on the side of, oh, well, if we do this wedding and we realize this, we're not good at this together, or this isn't the way to do it. We can, we don't have a lease. We don't have all these, this overhead cost that we're going to lose. 100%. But the other end of that, we could have royally fucked up somebody's wedding day. So there was but always that expectation. So more risk in money. More risk in reputation at first, I yeah. think. Just, well, for you, for your last job. Oh, in my like sales yeah. job? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Big money. Yeah. I mean, when things, they, I, nothing really ever went wrong for me, but when things went wrong, like our company has been sued a couple of times, for sure. um, yeah, the yeah, restaurant yeah. company and even things that weren't necessarily their fault, but they've had to go to court. I mean, just like, you know, in a restaurant, a hood system, which is what goes over the oven in a kitchen, yeah. every foot of that is $10,000. Mm-hmm. So if someone needs 20 feet of hood, yeah. what's 20 times 10? That's 200,000 fucking dollars just to put a stove underneath. And then the stove is $20,000. This is how I bought my first house because mm-hmm. I was selling. Now I wasn't selling hoods, but I was working with contractors who were selling hoods from my company. I bought a house at 25 because I was selling items that were expensive, expensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, if I can do that, I can start a wedding planning company, mm-hmm. but and here, we are. here we are. But was I qualified? No, I mean, not even a little. Okay. With the, the formal trans qualifications, we have none. Yeah. So I hope we this have is the inspiring. audacity to, to start stuff that we have no qualifications in. Yeah. And I feel like you have to be a little fucking delusional in a good way to get into a business that you have like either no qualifications for mm-hmm. or just like n- not much experience. An insane amount of ego. Oh. Like, believe in yourself. And that's what I was going to say is my ego is it's through the roof and I call it opposite daddy issues. My whole life, I can do whatever I wanted. And guess what I did? You know what? Whatever I wanted. That is exactly, I think I may have said it on the podcast. I'm not sure if I like expanded on it, but my mom was literally always to me like, you're the best, you're the prettiest, you're the smartest. And at some point I was like, Okay, well, I'm actually not. So this is a little difficult. But at the same time, I do believe that I can do more than the average person because my mom felt made me feel not average, even though like, let's just be real here. I'm not a supermodel, but she was like, you're the most beautiful girl in any room you walk into. And I was like, wow. You're like, I'm right, mom. That's You're a, right, that's mom. That's amazing. And then I, I like grew a little older and I was like, no, I'm not. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, but it does give you that sense of confidence when your parents are like overly supportive. So I agree. I can make magic happen. I really think I can. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's really good to have a little bit of delusionalness because it's yeah. like, it's, if you believe you're the most beautiful girl in the room, there is some power to that. Totally. And like, for me, absolutely. If it's, if it's not coming from insecurity, if you're not like, I'm so pretty, I'm so pretty. But if you come in and you're just confident about who you are. Amazing. That's gorgeous. I walk into a room and I am certain that every man there thinks I'm pretty. 
Hell no, yeah. No proof. No reason. <laughs> but I'm like, they must all want to talk to me. <laughs> and I feel like I do also walk into a room with a sense of confidence. Um, that is like, I feel important. I don't know if it's like looks oriented or anything, because I think my mom really was annoying with that one. So I've kind of been like, I don't really like, I don't know. That's not my thing, but I do feel like I walk in a room and I'm special. Like I feel special. That's no good. proof. That's good. <clears throat> How do you, you come feel? off that way? I, um, <laughs> Thank you, Alex. when I walk I, in the room, it comes off that I think I'm special. The Chloe storm. I'm telling you. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. See, it's and, a storm. And when the first time you said that, I died laughing in my car. I was like, yes. She, yes. And I have both of my business partners here <laughs> discussing me. Like you're not um, in the room. Um, on that note. <laughs> um, so, but for, did you ever have a mo like, do you feel confident? Like when was the time that you, like it clicked in your head that you were confident about what you're doing. Like, like you really had something you really had to, like you were like, cause I'm sure in the beginning it's, it can be a little nerve wracking unless it wasn't. But at least for me, like there, there was a moment where I was like, Oh, okay. You can be an I'm entertainer. Doing this. Yes. Or well with, I was thinking more house cleaning oh, okay. with like, I was coming in, I was going to people's homes and like felt so fucking weird about it. Cause I was like, who am I to come in and tell people and then give them a price and they have to say yes. And I'm, I'm in their own fucking house. You know what I mean? Overshooting the price or like underselling myself. Like there is this balance where you have to like respect them, but also respect yourself. It's like, when was it for either of you? Well, go into you. Cause I thought you were going to turn into entertainment. Oh, like yeah. when did you feel confident about that? Cause the housekeeping thing's kind of over. Like yeah. I get what you're saying. Like part of becoming confident but for what's relevant now like yeah. what was your process there in the whole like imposter syndrome element of starting anything yeah well when I was younger I used to um play music uh, music live so I used to be um play music at church so I play like rhythm guitar but I bounced around so rhythm guitar um I played bass I play I sang so I did a little bit of everything and then also in other bands that I was in other projects um I played bass I did a, and we would perform live and it was me my brother usually was a rhythm section so I was playing bass he was playing drums and that kind of was always very natural for me like we're just like oh I play bass what I the unconscious belief that I had to like really lift over over the years that I'm still working on is like just feeling like oh I'm not that good like I'm a bass player but I'm not that good or I'm a guitarist I'm not that good so that's something that you kind of I have to like be working on but I always felt like that and then ever since I was younger I've been told and I am owning as I'm older that I'm I'm funny and I'm you know outgoing and loud and I can like make funny faces or whatever um so that's where the video content kind of like like was really stood out for me because I was like oh this is it like I'm I know on camera, working with people, having like this going on, whatever this is, um, uh, uh, <laughs> that this works for some reason. So I am, I'm sticking with that. And I do love that. I, I never turned into something that, hmm, well, yeah. Were you always comfortable being on stage even when you didn't think you were that good? Like, did you care that you doubted yourself? Um, so when I was, like behind, I was always behind the scenes. So like 
playing, singing background vocals, playing bass, which is understated. But there was, you know, anytime I had to do singing, singing, like be that the guy that would sing on stage, nerve wracking crazy nerve-wracking and um i still have a lot more gigs i need to start singing a lot more in live to get over that and with friends and stuff like that and like whenever i drink i'll like sing the lion king or whatever as loud as i can and that's not when you're with friends it's one thing but like when there's a stage of people and they have this expectation you have to sing okay did you have imposter syndrome starting a and c um no i don't think i did I, I think it was very like a milestone effect for me throughout the whole process. The day I started my job at the venue, which was definitely, I definitely had imposter system, system, fine. Um, I had no qualifications to be there or to have that job or to run somebody's wedding. And the day I got there, the boss was, um, pretty awful and she the girl training me quit her job on the spot she oh my god and so I well that's not a good sign like I either have to just figure it out and do this wedding or I have to follow suit (laughs) like there's only really two options here and I think after I did that and then just kind of continued to do that there were there were milestone marks when you said let's start a business. I said okay. I mean the worst thing that happens, and this is not at all the worst thing that happens in real life, but in my head at that time, the worst thing that happens is we it's like a little part time gig and it doesn't work and we fade it out. One hundred percent. Yeah. No. Completely. Yeah, and that's absolutely not the worst thing that could have happened. Uh, nope. But nothing nothing that bad has happened or did happen and so I don't think I really had it for a and c I absolutely had it going into finding my spot in the industry in the beginning it's funny because Alex and I were discussing the podcast and then Amy and Chloe events and when we were discussing imposter syndrome and like being confident in our roles and when did it click? Now there's been a huge fucking evolution in what my vision was for ANC and what it is now. Um, and we'll talk about that as kind of our last topic of like our experiences there with how did it start and where are we now and where do we want to go? Um, but in terms of confidence, uh, with TLDL, it is so different. I still feel like I am just winging it and I'm trying really hard to add value to anyone who listens life and add some entertainment and give a couple pieces of advice. And if nothing else, humor, and something to do in the background but I we're such at a beginning stage here that I'm like oh my gosh like I have a podcast but I would never say like right now I'm a podcaster um at all like I just don't feel like it's clicked for me yet like I'm committed to it and I'm doing it but it wasn't as natural of a like decision that Amy and Chloe events was and 
before we got our LLC. So we had kind of discussed starting the business in February of 2019. And then we got an LLC September, late September, 2019. So quite a while of discussing game plans and business plans. This was not an overnight thing. Um, we did three weddings, not associated with our business, but kind of to like prepare. And one of the weddings I did, I did completely alone. Amy couldn't make it. And it was an acquaintance of mine. It was actually a client from my restaurant job who was getting married and her wedding planner backed out. And she did have a timeline and a floor plan. Like, thank God. Cause what would I have known? Um, but I basically showed up to this wedding in six inch heels at the crack of dawn and put together a wedding. I got everyone down the aisle. I made sure that beauty was on time. I was running everywhere. I was doing everything for this wedding that a coordinator would do. And at the end of the day, I was, this was June. So this was halfway between decision and actually happening. And I was like, this was the easiest day of work I've ever worked. It was so natural. It was so easy. Nothing went wrong. And I never done it before. I read someone else's like order of events and I made it happen. And I knew from that moment I was meant to be a wedding planner and every ounce of doubt I had, I would never have founded an LLC if I didn't actually think I could perform. And it was so easy. Now, obviously who I was then on that day and who I am now as wedding planners are incredibly different. Yes. Um, I am very qualified now, mm -hmm. but, um, the energy and the ease, the same, nothing has even increased there. Like it's not increased. It was as passionate then as I am today. And I think that passion is the fucking same. It's just the skill, the dedication, the, you know, wherewithal is so much better now, mm -hmm. but there was no, lack of confidence. I knew it was what I was meant to do the second I did it one time. Whoa. But for the podcast, I am like trying so hard to like improve and be better. I'm like, if this isn't as natural for me, I'm not as much of a performer, but I love it and I want to be, but this is harder. This is way harder for me. Yeah. Well, I, it's interesting. And then like it, when we started the podcast, Chloe was like, Oh my God, I don't want to, what I'm scared that like your your old Facebook post will come up and will get canceled. And for me, it's funny because like I Can you tell them what one of them was. Tell them. No. The which one? Oh, okay. Not the other one. Um, oh. um I posted oh. on my Facebook. I've had it worse, but I just I wrote Urethra Franklin. That's all my face. <laughs> This was before she died, of course. And this was like when I was like, like 15. 16, 17, like just trying to get a rise from my like, and I've said worse stuff like I and I've said stupid and just stupid things like my last one that I read that was like for the same era. I wrote like aprons are fucking hot, like just like random shit just to get a rise out of my like three friends that were following me. But like so she, in the beginning, Chloe was like, oh, I don't want I don't want any of these, these things to come up like you don't have any bad tweets in the past. I was like, I don't know. Like for me, I never, I kind of passed this phase cause I did start YouTube. Like I started doing YouTube like five, six years ago was like my first YouTube video where I was like, I'm going to do a YouTube video. I would wake up at night and have these like, oh my God, my fucking face is online and I'm talking into a camera, have like panic sweats at night. S scary, terrifying. 
And um, it would happen, and I, I still, like, I get, like, I would, nowadays, like, I can post something, and it's fine. Like, I've had someone call me, say that I looked, um, like, the R word, whatever, retarded, I don't know, we can believe that, or whatever, wrote on my comments, he spammed all of my, my videos, writing all this stuff, like, this was, like, again, four years ago, saying this horrible stuff, like, and that really did affect me at the time, and then afterwards, I was like, you know, you after a while, even though my YouTube career never got super successful where I got thousands of views or whatever, um, I, I passed that boundary of like, it wasn't as scary anymore to post something. Cause I'm like, let them cancel me over something I said. Like I, that was an opinion I had and I'm, I'm fine with it. And like, I can evolve from it and not, obviously there's some things that can be unforgivable, but anyways, that's where I kind of stand with <laughs> saying stuff online. I think online. to piggyback off of that too. And this is something that I, it's a weird like little niche of the internet that I'm passionate about which isn't much is like obviously it sucks for somebody to be commenting on your stuff and this does not I'm a regular person but like if you're a famous person where your whole life's public and online and people are blasting your comments and obviously it sucks to read that about yourself because on some level maybe that human being thought it was true but how pathetic do you have to be to be blowing up a YouTuber's comments with yeah. that word? Whether you believe it or not, who in that situation is far more pathetic of the two? Like, you, imagine, put yourself 100%. in a where you're sitting at a computer, like, typing that out, yeah. hitting enter, doing it again. Like, that's what you're putting your time into versus- I had 300 guy. views. Yeah, like you just want to be a YouTube guy. Just let him do his thing. No, Amy's definitely had this pep talk with me behind the scenes too. I think like obviously what Alex is saying is super true. Like everything you just said was true. Like I do worry a lot about saying the wrong thing or things being perceived the wrong way. I just like get really anxious. I don't want to, it's not that I don't want to offend anyone like as a blanket statement. I like do not want to hurt people's feelings. I genuinely, it's not about like, I don't want to offend anyone. It's like, I don't want to hurt their feelings. So I don't know. I get really weird, but I think the biggest difference between ANC and then TLDL is that it's funny because Amy and Chloe events has my name in it and TLDL actually doesn't, but there is something to be said about being able to hide behind the title of wedding planner. And so like Amy and Chloe events, ANC, obviously it has my name and I run it and there is a lot of ownership there. Um, but I can, I guess if, someone didn't like our company that would hurt me very deeply. Uh, but it's not like my whole personality is on stage. It's like one element of my life and it's a professional element. Whereas TLDL definitely is like Chloe. Like this is just me who I am. I'm putting my entire personality out there. Whereas Amy and Chloe is my skill set, And, um, I'm very confident in my skills and I know that I follow through and I'm a good wedding planner, but I'm just like putting my personality out on a podcast, like allowing anyone to tell me I'm interesting or not interesting or how do they perceive me. And so for me, it's just, this is so much more personal and it causes a lot more anxiety than like how you see my company. Cause if I'm walking down the street, obviously no one knows who I am, but like, let's say 
you know, both companies are huge. Let's say I reach the pinnacle of what I want for my wedding planning company and the podcast. Um, people would recognize me from the podcast. People still are not going to recognize me from A and C. Like they're just not going to. So that, and you know, anonymity that is there is not there for TLDL. And so that has been, I think, where the imposter syndrome really overwhelms me. It's like, oh my God, it's like me. No filter. Fair, because we don't scary. We don't really show we do show our personalities to our clients, but we do not show them as we don't talk to our clients the way you and I talk to each other. Because they're not our friends. They're not our best friends. Whereas you are just talking to all of these people and you don't even know who those people are. I have no idea if our clients listen to this. I have no idea if my family listens to this, which friends. Like I actually I went and got drinks with one of my friends. Hi she listens and she's like, Oh, I listened to the last four episodes this week. And I was like, Oh, sweet. Like, cool. I don't know that though. Like we don't get to see stats on who's listening and what they're thinking. There's no live feed. Thank God. But like, yeah, so this has been way more of a learning curve for me. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then also, well, <clears throat> there is a, a bit of a, a curve for me. Cause there's, <clears throat> I learned, and I mentioned this before, but having the team, then us, treating it like a work schedule. We get together on Wednesday, we film on Wednesday, we edit it, episodes posted on the Tuesday of the next week, we get together once a week or twice, depending on if we argue about it or not, <laughs> and um, um, come up with a topic and an outline. And this is like the structure of doing it. My podcast before, I like, I was finding the person I was interviewing. I had to find out, I had to film everything. I had to edit it. I had to, it's like, it sounds cute, but at the end of the day, like until you have a team, you can't really get out there in a way that's gonna impact people in a real way. So this has been more, it's been more of a learning curve to have the consistency in this way than before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think for me with the team aspect, I literally would not have a business without a business partner because I don't have the motivation to do this for myself. I would never stay on task on topic. I would never remember what I needed to do. Um, And I also don't really care if I let myself down. I'm actually very easy on myself. I know a lot of people struggle with being very hard on themselves. I can be very hard on myself in the way I present myself. Like if I say something wrong, or if I think I've hurt someone's feelings, yes, I like hyper fixate on that. But in terms of like, I forgot to do a task, it's like, oh, well, no big deal. And when you have someone that you have to live up to whatever you've promised for, or else you're letting them down, that changed my whole perspective. And so I personally, just knowing myself, and I think this is good for anyone thinking about starting their business. Are you someone who performs really well individually and you just want, you know, subordinates under you to support you when it gets to that point? Or are you someone from the get go when you have nothing, you need to do it with someone else. Cause for me, um, I'm not starting anything alone. Nothing. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really realizing that now working with other people is a lot better. It's also teaching me a lot about trust and um, compromising in some areas, Chloe. Um, and um, also having a, contra- a, a contrasting belief in vision or with like, uh, like, like with some, some podcast episodes, I had to be like, I had an idea of what it was gonna be like. And then once we talked about it, I'm like, okay, I get what she's saying. 
we can both get on board with what the other person thinks as well, but also realize that there is a, a realness behind what you're saying, as well as, I don't know if that's ever happened with you on my side, but for me, I've been like, okay, what she's saying is true and feels like it can be truer than what I'm saying, but I still have this perspective. But you know, that whole thing is was very hard for me in the past because I can be so stubborn on what I think. It's been a really growing experience in that way. So it's, it, it, business development can really turn into personal development, I guess is my point. Oh. I'm such a different person than I was in 2019. And now that I've started a podcast on top of ANC, I just like, I don't think I'll recognize myself in five years in a good way. I'm so excited. I think it's also just aside from kind of the workload being split, the ideas being split, it's a different kind of relationship. It really it's is. so weird. Good friends before we started this. No. And obviously we are very good friends now, but before that we it's you put your business first. And yes. we also take time to say okay, we need to step out of the business have like friend conversations too. Yes. And that's why we talk 24 hours a day. <laughs> but it you it's a different level of respect of you, you know, sometimes you can blow up on your friend, say something you didn't mean, blah, 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 blah. But I, at least with us, and I think it's, we're very similar as well, but we don't, that's never really happened. We no. have had instances where one of us has had to say, no, this, 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 like have a real conversation, a serious conversation. That's never really fun to have, but it's always with such a great level of respect and putting each other's feelings and the business first, no matter what the topic was. Well, cause it has to be at the end of the day for the business. Like when I question either of you or question myself or not even us, but like our business model or how we're going to market, um, it's not personal. It's like, I think with the podcast, it can get more personal. Cause we're talking about our ideas on the world. Again, it just steps into this level of what do I say? What are you saying? How are people going to perceive that? And again, I already do notice myself caring a little less about how I come off. I just like hope people can understand that I'm trying to be a good person. Um, but in terms of the business, it's not personal. Like if I say, you know, to Alex, we need a routine. I need you guys to have this stuff to me at this time. And we need to do this and we need to plan this many things out in advance. It's not like I'm saying any of that because someone's not doing it or because I think you guys are wrong for not saying it yourself. It's just, if I can think of anything that's going to improve the success of our business, I need to say it. It's not personal, but it's like, here's what I really think needs to happen. And if I don't say it, that's where we start to crumble. And so with, for the wedding business, because luckily we don't have to tell the whole world our innermost feelings. Um, we can have a layer of professionality and just prove ourselves as planners and designers. Um, it's been a lot less emotional with those conversations and we've been able to be very strategic and it's not like offensive. It's like, I think you should do this. I should do this. And this should be our game plan. And this is kind of how we see the next five years, but I'm never like Amy do this thing differently. Cause it bothers me. I'm like, Amy do this thing differently. Cause if you do, I think we're going to see like a 10% increase in business. So it's just like, be respecting and trusting that someone is saying something to you that might come off as like, I don't know, without emotion, but it's like, 
Yeah, because it's not emotional. Yeah. Like I just like, we need to do this. We're changing this. Yeah. And it's that's it. And then let's talk about the, you know, our mission statement and what we care about and our goals. Those are personal, but like, yeah, the hours of a day that we work, uh, how we send out contracts, it's like, I don't know. It's just very business. Yeah. Who cares? I'm not trying to be like nice about it. It's just like, this is what we need to do. Okay. Yes. It's yeah. black and white. No, no, no. I was just going to say it's black and white. It is. And it's, I think the perfect reference is I sent Chloe this really fun um, list yesterday. I was dying. Things we need to talk about. Um, and this is where that gray line comes in is <laughs> that I was being entirely serious. This is the things I need to talk to you about. And on that list was a few things that regarded upgrading our current POS system and maybe changing a POS system and adding something into our contract, taking something out. And then what color I wanted to paint my dresser because I bought a new comforter that would change my bedroom. Um, and then also the new Christmas tree I impulsively bought at 2 a.m. Which we never got to. <laughs> which we actually never got to. <laughs> but... <laughs> We, it very much so is just, it's a whole different ballpark of like what you need to do, what you want to do, what you need to talk about, what you want to talk about, and somehow finding a balance of sitting on your couch and working a 17 hour day and not feeling guilty about the fact that you're just as exhausted as you are coming off of a wedding where you've been on your feet yes. 17 hours a day. Cause just it's know, like trying to balance. Yeah, Chloe and I, I, we have a really fun joke where we say we don't have jobs. Yeah. Um, we do it all the time to a, a, an unhealthy level. We're like, oh, I don't have a job. Yeah, I don't work. Uh, and so naturally, when you tell people you don't have a job, they believe you that you don't have a job. And that equates to our friends then feeling left out because then they text us to say, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I have a list longer than I can even explain to do today. And they're like, but you don't have a job. This is so interesting. Um, you brought up something that I think a or that Alex is experiencing with his friends, um, that we had, I haven't even talked to you, Amy, about this or like Alex on our side of things, but, uh, it can, be perceived when you're a small business owner. I think sometimes, especially if you're not trying to be annoying about it, where you're just like, you know, I don't want to, I don't need to like shove this in everyone's faces. Um, people can just think you're like kind of hanging out and not doing much. And it's like, well, why are you with that person so much? Like, do you like them more than me? And it's like, I'm literally trying not to get audited, but like it, yeah, you like make light of it so that people don't see the stress. But you know, the other day also someone was like, you make everything look so effortless, Chloe. And I was like, what a fascinating observation that I certainly would not have had about myself because it is so hard. It is, and it's getting harder, but Alex, I like, I think that's just what she said about the friends and the perception. I know you're experiencing that. Yes. So be, because I think, so same thing I've, been told to at work because I still got a day job um, on top of all the stuff that I do. Um, I I take pleasure in the stuff that I do. When I, it comes to work, I will not in this day and age get into something that I'm not passionate about. Mm -hmm. So, and I take pleasure in my work too. Same. Um, 
you definitely make things look effortless. And I think it's because it comes from the joy of what you're doing. You're like, this sounds great. There's a, some stress behind it. There's, there's deadlines, there's all that stuff, but there's stuff that you like about it. But so we, we get together frequently talk. We have a three group texts, fucking 18 group texts, Chloe. And, um, she, and we talk all the time and it's like, we're friends, of course, friends, we're getting along. We're knowing each other more and more and we're getting, you know, more and more friends as the time goes on, but we're also working yes. working. You know, it's something that we like to do, but it is work and it's taking effort. There's a learning curve with the being online, having your face talking in front of the camera. There's a whole thing. But, um, and then you, what people see is two hours of us hanging out and talking shit. But yeah. what they don't, they don't see is the t- fucking 20 hours of us stressing out, figuring out, making reels for Instagram, doing all this stuff. It's like, there's a lot more to it. So a lot of people, of if a couple of friends are like, oh, Chloe's a new friend on the block then, huh? You guys are the, you guys are now besties. You guys are like this and that. I'm like, we're friends. We're yes. good friends. We're learning a lot about each other, but it's not about picking friends. It's we do what we love. I think also that's dawned on me. Like maybe people don't enjoy what they're doing with their coworkers. Yes. And then that is the biggest issue is like, oh, and then they see that you take pride and joy in what you're doing. And it comes off like we're best friends and we're real, we're good friends, yeah, totally. but we're enjoying our time doing something we together. Have a shared interest that we like have a vision for. Yes. And we both need to be double digit millionaires by the time we're 30, 30. Well, five. you got yeah. two years. <laughs> okay. Well, Alex has zero. So fuck off. <laughs> I think just to lead off that, I think for me, I, I had a lot of the same specifically with Chloe is a lot of, and Chloe knows this, a lot of my friends that I've had, I've had for 20 years. They have always been my friends. And of course I have newer friends that come in as adults and all this, but for the most part, my core friend group, the people that I would ask to go to dinner on a Tuesday night when I'm feeling shitty, um, are those friends that I've known my whole life. And I don't, not for all of them by any means. And I, even this is a strong word, but I think there's a little sense of like this jealousy of, oh, there's this new person that you knew, but that you just met that just came into your life and you're spending all your time with them. And no matter what I answer her calls and it's not because I like her more, you know, sorry, but right. I, no, I no, like no. the same, but sometimes you're calling me to tell me that we just booked a $10,000 package and we need to upgrade our contract and this and this and this. And sometimes you're calling me to tell me that you made the most delicious dumpling and your kid fell down the stairs. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, yes. and I'm yes. not going to screen those calls. I'm not, because sometimes those important calls come at midnight. Like, you don't call me at midnight. You know, I go to sleep at 10. But same here, they, sister. Sometimes they come in at, you know, 10 or 11 p.m. And sometimes they come in in the middle of the day or like seven in the morning hours. Yeah, And if we put strict working hours on, I don't think we would be as successful as we are. No, no. Three years in, my friends understand that. My family understands that. My husband pauses the movie in the middle of a movie when Chloe calls me, even if it's something that turns out to be not important because it could be. So does Ben, for sure. Yeah. And it's, it definitely settles down. But I, I remember that Alex is when you first start this and you have a business partner, somebody that you are additionally doing life with on a next level, 
it's kind of hard to find that balance of no, I don't like her more than you guys. And I know right now my actions feel that way, but I'm just trying to build this for myself. And she is a massive part of that. Yeah. I think it's funny and take this as you will audience and you two and me, I'm going to reflect on this. I've never had a friend be threatened or jealous by either of you guys. Um, I think they're used to me. I think that I am already the people who were friends with me before I met you guys knew who I was deeply. Like they, I don't think they felt any way other than expecting me to do things like this in my life. I think I'm impulsive. I jump on things. I go for them really hard. Um, I really, I feel like I handpick individuals in my life to serve a purpose. Now that sounds very calculated and kind of odd, but every friend of mine does serve like a specific purpose. And so I think I have nothing, but, um, (laughs) I think all of my friends were kind of like, no, this adds up. This makes sense that she's off for like 12 hours a day doing this. And, um, I also think, and similar to both of you now, you are my business partners, but I have a lot of friends that are not business partners that are equally as ambitious and career oriented. That just happens to be who I am surrounded by. Now we have different interests and our career interests are not the same, but I do think that they see this while they are working at a huge fashion brand, or they are really high up at meta, or they have their own business. And so from them to see me, I just grew up in a very metropolitan area where a lot of people had very high expectations from their parents to make something of themselves. And so I think that maybe that influences it. Maybe it's just my personality that my friends are not surprised by. It's not an adjustment I've had to work through. Just Mm. as a side note, everyone loves Amy and everyone loves you, Alex. And without having met you yet, everyone's like, I'm excited to meet them. I'm excited to hang out, like bring them around. And maybe it's because you guys take time away that they don't have to spend with me. There could be a lot of reasons. And I think we can just think about it. We can just reflect on what those reasons could potentially be. Yes. I think some of it's just human nature too. You just, when you talk to somebody all the time and then all of a sudden, you know, they're talking to someone else all the time by human nature, you're like, well, what are they talking about that? We don't talk about. That's so true. Nothing. No, that's true. (laughs) I just, yeah, I think, I don't know. I, it would be interesting to like do a case study on, different like react yeah I know I'm always like reevaluating my interpersonal relationships anyway and maybe I have had some that were less supportive and maybe we're not friends anymore that could also just be part of it and not that you guys as friends aren't supportive but like for me if I feel like someone doubts or is upset with me at all I really have to sit in and I'm like why and if it does feel like it comes from a place of not like normal jealousy I'm talking like resentment I kind of cut it like normal jealousy. I have friends who are jealous friends for sure. And like, I can be a jealous friend sometimes too. Like what were you guys doing? Um, mm, but I don't know. I feel like I have actually weaned out a lot of friends in the last three years. I can't lie. Yeah. So that also might be part of it. I don't know. I really kind of, now that I've heard both of you talk about this and your perceptions and whatnot, it's just interesting. But I guess for the audience listening who doesn't really care about us and our friendships. Um, 
it is going to affect your interpersonal relationships if you start a small business. And you have to be aware of that for sure. I bought this sweatshirt, this really the, the most comfortable, overworn. It's like six sizes too big. Hell sweatshirt yeah. the day Chloe and I quit our jobs. Oh. And it says ambitious. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. And baby, did I mean it? Hell yes. <laughs> Which brings us into what, in terms, I guess, for you, the podcast, for me both, for Amy A and C, what was your vision when it started as a business owner and how has it changed? Has it changed? Um, it, I don't know. Like just when you start something new, what do you really expect is going to come from it? Do you dream really fucking big? Do you go in increments? Like what is like your method, Amy? I think for me, and tell me if I'm wrong here. Because you know how I, you know, you know my business mind more than anyone. I, for me, I think it's increments. I think I started the business. I was very realistic about it. And I said, this is exactly what I want. I know this is what I want to do. I know the kind of money that's into it when you get to a certain level. Um, but if I just, if we can just make this a profitable side business, I'm happy with that. Yeah. And then we did, we made it a profitable side business and immediately or probably a little bit before my brain goes, okay, we can do this full time. Mm -hmm. And so once I got, we got there and we put our jobs and we basically don't have anything else. I mean, we both have a ton of stuff other going on, but this is our main focus. Uh, yeah. That's when I was like, okay, we can turn this into an empire. We can take over the Pacific Northwest weddings industry we can build this and this and add this and this um but I think that vision was always there but I don't let myself get ahead of the game because then I try to act ahead of the game and then I fall short in what I need to focus on Ooh, that is a good nugget I like that thank you yeah and that's good advice for people listening um for me uh what I vision I had for the podcast and goal originally is I had the YouTube videos, which were all solo and then the podcast, which I was interviewing people. My main thing is my goal in general is I want to be a full-time artist, but yes. with that, I would, to, with that, I want to have a strong online presence and for people to like me um, as a personality. Mm -hmm. So the podcast, the goal of the podcast was there was a financial goal for sure to replace like my, you know, my full-time job now, like my day job, um, but also to sell my personality so I can come out with an album, so I can come out with a collection of um, scanography artwork, so I can come out with stuff and drop it and there be enough people to buy it and not in a finance, not just in a financial way, but I do want to put my artwork out there in my, um, my art out there in a way that um, impacts people in a real way where they know who I am and they know what my intentions are going back to like not being scared of being canceled. And it's like, I want people to know who I am. Even if I, even if I say something that comes off so fucked up, which I don't think, I don't know if that could even happen. Well, well Oh, well, yeah, I did say something that we had to cut out last episode, but, um, oh, which kid kind of, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Was well, something that comes off unintentionally wrong. And, um, 
I, I, I just want people to know me for me and be like, oh, okay, I get who he is and he probably meant it this way or whatever. So in general, I just, um, that's my intention with this. In finances too, like, yo, I want to be able to just like one day be like, I want to take off and see my mom for a week or have them fly, my parents fly here yeah. or be able to go travel, take a week off and travel to a different country or whatever, or like be able to do put a, a lot more marketing for us to take it up to the next level. Right. You know, get all of that. I would just love buy my own house, have kids, all that stuff. The financial stuff, of course, comes with all of that. But my main thing is the impact I wanted to make on our fucking time here on earth, y'all, because it ain't, it ain't, um, that long, as long as we were at least turning 30, I'm realizing how quick shit passes. Oh, it keeps getting faster. No, it's Speak funny. I'm turning 26, baby. I'm only turning 28. So I'm going to hang on to that. I am 27. Um, I, it's interesting. What you said, Amy is yes. That's exactly how I view things too. Incrementally. I have to, um, I just have to have small, tangible, realistic, whatever realistic means, obviously, um, goals that I think I can really achieve or else I get overwhelmed. And last night I was kind of talking about the last three years of our company and Alex asked something similar to this. Um, like, how do you feel with TLDL and the podcast? And I was like, like, I don't know if you said like, do you, do you see like us getting a million followers? Like, do you think that's possible? And I was like, I literally like, let's a thousand. And then if we hit a thousand, then maybe 10,000. And then we will just see what the next thing is and it will come to me. And I think that the only thing that I will say that I'm very proud of, like personally, is I think I genuinely have an instinct for when it's time to change and step things up a notch. And when I can tell like something's changing and Amy and I, I have said this before, like it's happening and I get this like instinct before it starts to happen, that things are happening and I'm able to get ahead of it in a business sense. We, you know, Amy and I, like we started things slowly, but we got the LLC, we got the business license, we have a bank account, we started looking into branding and marketing and all these things. And now it hasn't happened at once, but it always has happened right when it needs to. And so what I said to Alex last night is, I'm going to focus on a thousand followers. And yes, uh, obviously, I guess the overarching vision is from the beginning, I wanted to be a full-time wedding planner. And if I'm going to have a podcast, obviously I want to be well-known. From the beginning, yes, those two things are true. But the level, the success, the how are we going to get there, the what is the benefit going to be, that doesn't cross my mind until it's an appropriate time to do so or else I get overwhelmed. Yeah. So my goal is not a million followers. It's a 1,000 followers. But do I have faith that if we did everything right that we could do and consistency and follow through, um, do I think we could get there? Yes, I obviously I have to have that faith, right? Yes. But that's not my goal right now. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, for sure. Same, <laughs> same with same, same thing. And it's like it it is those incremental, just small goals. Like, well, let's try 500 followers first. Cause yeah. we just hit hundred, which is great. Yeah. And that's amazing. But yeah, the small incremental goals is what's really gonna uh, it's the realistic way of doing because everybody can say I want to be. Oh, a billionaire, but what does it actually take to get to that point? I think I have a good business instinct. Yes. I am also a very strong believer in 
I'm trying to think of what the phrase is, but I think it's like, um, it's something along lines. The I, the one that you follow is if you want to go fast, go or go fast, yeah. whatever. Mine. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Yeah. yeah. Mine is as quick as you go up, you come down. So what I never wanted yeah. or what I, what maybe we thought we wanted at the time was a million, you know, 10,000 followers right off the bat on our planning account. Um, I would be mortified and I know you would too. Oh my God. At this point, if we launched and got 10,000 followers, cause that was not the best version of us. And I'm sure even right now, isn't the best version of us, but it is the best version of us up to this point. 100%. Our business and our clientele and our audience is growing at the same pace that we are. Yes. So no, yes. I don't want the 10,000. I don't want to wake up tomorrow and have 15,000 followers. We would be so overwhelmed and we probably wouldn't be giving the best version of ourselves. Whereas right now, although it's not where we like want to be in 10 years, we're not us in 10 years either. If we were, if we woke Absolutely. up tomorrow and we had this business for 13 years and it was at the point we think it will be at that point, we won't be able to handle it. <laughs> no. And that's so true. And I think like, it's obviously interesting too, for people who are considering starting businesses, there's different types of businesses, right? Like Alex oh and I are just like, when I say followers, I literally mean like listeners, followers. Um, but if Amy and I had 10,000 followers, which it's, it's funny to think that was even like a goal. Like at this point, I guess I don't really care about social media followers for Amy and Chloe, because we book business basically off of word of mouth and whatnot. And if we became an inspo account, great, but there's a cap to how many things, like how many weddings we can take in. Whereas with Alex and I, there's not so much a cap. So I'll say a thousand, 10,000 and actually mean it this time. When we started ANC, I had no concept of how we would grow our business or what the influence would be. So social media is important, of course, for ANC, but not in the same way it is. Yeah. It's not even close to most important. Whereas it's like literally the most important thing for Alex and I. So it's just separating for me, the two different goals of both companies and like what I get from them. It's been a fun challenge. And I've just learned a lot adding this new venture in because I've really learned to like adjust my expectations. And like Amy said, of course, when you start a new business, you want to be immediately successful, but the expectations of you are so high. The people who are so successful, and I already see it three years in, what we are managing right now, three years ago, I we would have crashed and burned if this many people wanted to work with us. It was not our time. And I love patience and taking things slow and doing things right. So much more important to me than overnight success. Cause you'll get there, but it's not overnight. No one's overnight. It, even if it looks like, how'd you get there? Well, three motherfucking years of working 24 seven is how I've even gotten to this point. And we're not even in an overnight success yet. So it's like, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Totally. I, think a, I think a cool way to think about it. And what I think about it in my head too, is I know Chloe, you're not a bachelor fan, Alex. I am going to assume you're not, but I know you're a reality TV star fan. Chloe, you see all of these people, all of these people our age who probably aren't horrible people, probably aren't the most annoying person on earth, probably aren't all these things. And they sign up for a reality TV show. No shame on them. You know, I'm all about it. But 
they get all this fame. They get a million followers overnight. And all of a sudden who they are is under the spotlight entirely. My worst fear, my worst fear. Picked apart on the internet. Yeah. And while, and that happens overnight. Yes. That kind of success is so mind blowing to me. You need to have a PR team and marketing, but you don't really have the money to, because what are you actually getting paid for? And so for me, I like to slowly work and learn and then add more value, charge more money, get ads on this podcast eventually. But for me, I guess the way I look at things is as Amy said, incrementally, but like Alex said, the big dream is there. I'm not saying it's not there, but I just can't even let myself make that like my goal yet for me. And and maybe I'm just like, I have a vision. Absolutely. Of course we all have our visions, but what can I do to get to the next achievable step that will help me maybe reach that vision, but not be disappointed that I'm not there yet. I think those like managing your expectations and being willing to work hard, because let me tell you guys, like it doesn't stop. And we're not a Fortune 500 company. Like, I think we may grow our company 60% this year, Amy, uh, looking at numbers, which is incredible. Um, It's it's a huge, huge increase percentage-wise. It's been insane. And I think anything, we keep saying, and I think this is kind of another niche within this conversation is we keep saying, I specifically keep saying, I don't. I, this is Penny behind me. I can see your beautiful this cat. This is the worst pet I have. Oh, <laughs> her face of horror. <laughs> <laughs> um, is I don't know how much more I can take on. I don't know how much more I can take on. And I keep saying that. And I'm not saying it because um, I emotionally and physically feel that I can take it on. But there does come a point where all the other clients are sacrificing because the, the time of the day doesn't exist for me to talk to all, all of them. Yeah. And we keep saying that. And then we keep going taking more. Cause I do just still feel like I'm like close to capacity, but I'm not there. I'm not there. I'm not there. But if I woke up tomorrow and I had 110 inquiries and they all wanted to do a consultation and they all book, I would, I wouldn't exist. I would simply we don't have the employees yet. We only have so many employees and we only have so many people. So, um, it takes money. It takes earning money. Like at first, you know, when Amy and I started our kind of company and Alex and I too, obviously there's some investment costs, but like both of these are pretty low risk investments. Um, so that's another thing to consider, like the amount of money you're putting into something. If you're spending less than 5,000, it's a low risk investment. Like it, it just is, you're not putting a hundred thousand you're not getting loans, um, anything like that. But there does come a point where you need more help you need to be able to pay for that help. And then you need to adjust your prices. You need to make sure that you're able to give the services or the quality and the content. Like eventually Alex and I would obviously like a nice studio that we could have people in and like do these things that take money. So we, that have lights that we can pay the light bill, but it's just, there's a lot of, there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff with running a business. And we're not going to talk about it today. uh, But the behind the scenes of the business the taxes, the accountants, um, the business managers, the programs, the editing. Oh my God, this is not just like one person can't do this. I mean, that is my biggest piece of advice is you gotta, you gotta have a team. You, I just, I think you have to. 
a trusting team is a, a game changer. I know for us, we, I split my day in half. I do half the day of stuff that I know needs to be done for the business. And I got to answer those emails and I got to call people back. And then the other half is, or, you know, Chloe and I figure out what goes on our website next. How do we make this for, how do we do this? And then the other half is talking to clients head on and putting designs together and cropping these things and editing these things. And I know it's the same for the podcast. And so it's, if you are somebody who owns a business and you are the sole owner of it and you do all of it, more power to you. I don't know how. I don't get it. I don't want to do it. Yeah, for sure. I don't want to do it. Nope. Yeah. Um, behind the scenes is definitely a fucking lot. And I tried to do the solo thing for a while and I did, but it just doesn't get you very far, especially for me. I, till today, I still have a day job. Um, so it just, um, is a lot, which also is kind of, um, you know, I've, I would like to say that there are people that don't, um, want to build an empire. Yeah. That's a reality. Yes. And that's okay. Most people don't want to do what we're yes. doing. Yes. That's okay. Because for me, like, I do this. And then I also do help with the technical side of things. Yes. And then I also go to networking events in San Diego. Mm-hmm. And then I also am have a day job. And then I, you know, art. so there's art, art. I do my own art and I have to promote my own. It, it's so much shit and so much learning behind the scenes. And, um, with the, you know, with a vision and these small incremental steps and collaborating and all this stuff, it's, it's not for fucking everyone. Some people want the peace of just going to their job and then coming home, being with their family and not having all the extra stuff, watching four or five hours of TV a day or like hanging out or doing, which is nothing wrong with it. Oh no, there's nothing wrong with that. But for the... But I did want to mention, like, it is all right. Like, this is not a mindset for everyone. I feel like some people are really resentful of, like, hustle culture or whatever, people that want to be on it all the time. And it's not for everyone. There's a reason why not everyone's a CEO. Not everyone is. um, And it doesn't mean anyone's better or worse. I just wanted to, I guess, say that to people. Because I saw on LinkedIn some girl that put a whole post saying, like, yo, I work a nine-to-five, and... I just, I do it so I can have time with my family so I can do these things and it gives me the opportunity to do this. Like I give me the stability that I want or whatever. We live a very unstable life. Yeah. My sister and- Uh, Through my husband. Well, do you have healthcare? Like do you, does like Chloe and Amy pay? No, we can't pay for it. I mean, that is like a 2025 goal. And that is literally like, again, we're not getting into it, but this is fucking hard. It's, it's not, a, it's not, I'm not saying that as like throw, demeaning anybody, no, but it's just, yes. It, we're we just, talk about it all the time. We talk about it with our employees. We're very transparent. We're not going to grow if you try to put up a front. Yes. We are not at the place we want to be, but we are getting there and we're proud of it. But yes. No. Do you have a stable paycheck every year? You know what? This year, I oh, think, no. I think we're going to have a stable paycheck this year. God. Yeah. But what I'm saying is it's not guaranteed unless you guys are working 60, 80 hours a week. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. The stability. It's hard. And it's, it's a different, each of them are different kind of hearts. We've both done both of them and they both have their challenges. And yeah. I can say this cause she won't listen. And even if she doesn't listen, she won't care. My sister uh, <laughs> we, we could not be more different. Chloe can attest to it. There is not a similar aspect about us. There is quite literally nothing we have in common other than our love for survivor love you jeff probst 
if you listen. <laughs> I love you. If you listen. Okay. <laughs> but it, she will tell me to my face and I get kind of a lot of flack from a, a half of my family. I won't say which and um, that I don't really have to do that much because we, I live very close to them. They can see when I leave my house and when I come home. And if you're not leaving your house to them, you're not doing anything. Right. Um, And as we know, that's not the case. And my sister and her boyfriend live with um, my husband and I currently, hence the extra four set of animals. And she will say things like, I, I can see how hard you work. And I, it's not, I respect it. I, I love that you do it. You're incredible at it. I don't want that. <laughs> she yeah. says, I am a teacher. That's I want fair. to go to school, come home and be done. I have my weekends free. And granted, teachers do so much more than that. We all know that they're severely underpaid. Yes. So the work, you know, that's a, a whole other subject, a whole other episode, honestly. Right. But there is a, not a clock in and clock out time, but there is a schedule to it. And yeah. She's like, I don't care if I had a million dollars. What do I do with a million dollars? That's what she said. She's like, I just want to be comfortable enough to pay my bills and travel a little and have a nice life. But I don't want to build an empire. That sounds like a lot of freaking work. It's funny because like, I can't imagine not, you know, like I'm at the far hard other end of that of just... I just like can't imagine ever working for anyone else again. Um, I have such great respect for both of you. And so if, in, in a sense, we all work for each other, right? Like yes. we are like, I am doing things for you guys and for myself, but like, that's the closest thing I'll ever have to have again to a boss. Um, and it's not that I don't respect authority. I think at first I didn't have the words for this, but really the truth is, and I I feel okay saying it. I just, I think I'm the best boss I could have for myself. I think I can do things better than other people can in the things that I'm interested in. So for me, it works out very well, uh, to run a wedding planning company because listen, I've hear about even other like small business companies that do wedding planning, like service means so much for to me. That sets us apart. We come from the service industry. We love what we do, but I'm also very business savvy. I really believe in that in myself. And I trust both the visions of my business partners and the onus I feel is very heavily on me sometimes to make it come to life. And like, I'm so proud that like, what the fuck we've done it, but it is literally like, I woke up three years later and it's like, oh my God, like I have a business, you know, it it starts as a hobby. And then you take it a little more seriously. It's like, well, we could quit our other jobs. Let's do this full time. And now I'm like, oh my God, I run a company and starting on a second one. But you guys, I could literally never do anything but this. I just cannot imagine not doing this, but the sacrifice that it takes like it takes a toll. Like I'm a mom, I'm married. I own a house that needs to be remodeled. Now I have two businesses. Don't know who decided that for me. Me did. I did. Um, it's really hard. Like I have to sacrifice things to give the audience or my clients what I think they deserve and what they do deserve. But the reward for the sacrifice is worth it. Like I don't get to spend uninterrupted time with my baby. I think people think I stay at home with my son. And so like, I'm a, you know, get, I'm a stay at home mom. I'm not like, I am not a stay at home mom. I am a working parent who uh, gets the 
privilege of having her child near me while I work. And that's something so many people don't have. And I don't take it for granted, but sometimes I would like to say to other like parents, it's like, you get to go to work and have a full-time job and be a parent. Yes. I have to do both right here in this house. I have to parent. I have to be a wife. I have to be a homemaker and I have to run two businesses. And those are all things that I don't have to do, but it is a lot of pressure. So just know that like you have to make sacrifices. I am not a stay at home mom. <laughs> I'm not, I, I, this is hard. It's just, it's a lot. Totally. And we put it on our, we do it to ourselves. It yeah. 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 For sure. And, and you got, you guys are like full time doing your thing. I get there. Oh, well, well, we'll get there. Oh, well, I mean, yes. I mean, you guys are, are full time doing Chloe and Amy. I know, but you, you and you are for me, totally and for, but for me at at the moment i am and this is like the other side of like entrepreneurialism mm -hmm. people don't see is people see like chloe and amy doing your thing you guys are running you guys look gorgeous online and but like you know like, and then you guys are like come on now let's go ambitious and um you guys and then you guys are doing it full time and then for there is the side of entrepreneurialism where you're hustling a day job and maintaining a like the vision you want, not only that, hitting the small goals and doing a lot of it on your own and all that. And yeah, the learning. I did this like space needle remodel while growing our business. Like this is, I have never just done one thing to be clear. I don't know what my problem is. I, I, I'm listen, the same way. <laughs> kill me. But yeah, no, we just like did not, this didn't happen overnight and we're still not where we want to be. Like my goals have fucking like quadrupled um to really be able to like maintain this to make it worth it so there's financial sides there's realistic sides there's the fun side there's the freedom there's being your own boss but there's also so much to it and so this episode was really more our experiences and if you feel like you're on the edge I hope you feel inspired to either do it or don't um but maybe later down the road we'll we can talk about and maybe have like a business advisor on about what actually goes on behind the scenes. Like, what do I really spend my day doing for 18 hours a day? Cause it's not just talking, you know? So I think this was good. I do hope that if nothing else, somebody, and of course, everyone's what experiences are valid, but like another woman listens to this and realizes or gay that, man, like, only gay men and women. It's all of it. It's not, it's all of it. Like Chloe has a baby. She runs two businesses. She does run her household. She's remodeling a house and it, and she's a, she's a much better friend to all of her friends than I am to mine. Love all my friends. Shout out to you guys. But I don't know she if that's very, true right now. She is attentive to her friends and to her family and to everybody who has ever needed her. And I am not quite as attentive to everybody, but I am. I, I, in the same way, I take on way more than I ever needed. We started a business. I moved in with my boyfriend at the time. And then all at once we got engaged, bought a house, got a dog, got married. And it's so and much at once. All while trying to run a business and it wasn't easy. And he sacrificed a lot for me. I've sacrificed a lot for him. And it, it's really easy to say like, oh, their business grew. And so they quit their jobs, but that is not what went into it. There was so much more and even now whereas we are in the space of starting to expand our family that's something that comes into consideration when yeah. you have a business well it's like okay well 
if I get pregnant, then I'm out for six weeks because I'm probably going to be so sick. And then I'm out for another three months after. So how does that time up with wedding season? And how does that time up with how it affects Chloe? Oh yeah. For your like, you have to plan your family around your small business for sure. Right. And so that is, that's just an easy breakdown that I could think of, but it's like that with everything, <laughs> everything you do. I think with Alex too, cause you're still doing both. Like yeah, it's, this is the reality. I just think that's what it is, but it's worth it. It is worth it. And we are not, none of us right here are at the pinnacle of our success either, but it is worth it. I've worked multiple jobs before I had a family while doing this and it is paid off and it's worth it. And like, if you're struggling, but you believe in yourself, then do it because you're not stupid for doing it. it it's, and even, you know what, if it does fail, you'll start something else. If you have this drive, you're going to do something else. You'll do Most something people else. people have businesses that fail, whatever. Literally the part of sales. Like candles. you have candles. I have a failed business of candles. It was pointed out to me recently. Um, seven cold calls to make a sale. That's the average. That's my background is sales. Um, yeah, I'm not, I, I don't feel too shabby about where any of us are at. Hell no. Fuck no. Fuck no. And yeah. Hell yeah. Final thoughts? Alex, I can't wait to see what you do. I can like just feel the fire from you and it's really fun. Uh, hell yes. Hell yeah. Um, final thoughts? Yeah. Um, I am committed to rolling the dice on all of these projects until I die and we, or I make it. Yeah. And whatever, uh, whatever it is yeah. financially for all the freedom that comes with that and the, the notoriety and the, and like the group of friends that you create from it. I'm here till it's, you know, the fucking tires fall off. Same. Cause I'm not going to work for someone else. And I believe in myself. Hell yes. Amy, final thoughts. Standing history of not getting along with bosses. Word. And I, just simply can't imagine that changing. No, no. <laughs> I don't get along with them. They don't like my attitude when I come at them hot. It's which is funny because like Amy and I don't come at each other hot at all. Like we're so rational, so level-headed. Mutual respect. It we we know how much each other have put into this. I think when you walk into a company, you get a job. You don't know what your boss has been through. You don't know how they got here. Yeah. They don't know how I got to this situation. There's just no way of really understanding each other. But when you build a business together, you know what you went through, you know what you sacrificed. And even if you don't express it on every level, it's Chloe and I are both pretty. We brush things off. We laugh about it. Yeah. We miss a lot of things with family. But again, we're just like, Meh, whatever it's got to be. But it is something that is it happens and it's hard. And I can see that as I probably wasn't always the best employee. I was the employee of like the PTO queen, baby. Wow. I got PTO, see you later. <laughs> I earned that shit, I'm out of here. Um, which I think if you work a nine to five and you have PTO, use it, baby. But <laughs> you'll never get to use it if you have a small business. So use it. No, we don't, you know, but I just, it's not, the same. It's a very different relationship. It's a different understanding. It's a different level of care. I personally am like that in my life all around. I have not great relationships with certain family members because they just don't respect me the way I feel I deserve to re be mm -hmm. respected. And that's fine. They can go on about their day, but I'm the same way with bosses and with friends and yeah. with pretty much everyone except all of my asshole animals that don't respect me one bit. <laughs>
Uh, yeah, I agree. That's amazing. I love, um, yeah, I love you two's dynamic. And it's funny because we have a specific dynamic too. And this, I like to see this extension of Chloe as well. I'm learning a lot about Chloe just in this episode as well. I hope people that are watching and listening are too. And um, I hope you guys got some insight into what motivates us since you spend these hours listening to us. It's nice to like share the passion and like motivation side behind it because a lot more goes into it than just like chatting um, a lot, a lot. lot. But also uh, just like if you are listening because you're thinking about doing this, there's nothing better that I've ever done than go after my dreams that would financially benefit me. These aren't just like hobby dreams. These are financial dreams and the stakes are high, but it's worth it. I think just to recap, like any advice I have, which is do it with a team, whether it's a partnership or a group or whatever it is, do it with people, believe in yourself, have reasonable, attainable goals, understand that there are going to be sacrifices. And I know we commented a lot about sacrifices, but this needs to be said too. We can take personal time and set those boundaries for ourselves. And we do. This is a particularly busy time for all of us right now. I think spring and summer, socially, business-wise, it's crazy, right? But we do get the benefit of owning our own company and spending every holiday with our family and taking weeks off and setting those blocks for ourselves. And that is such a privilege. So there are benefits to this work more so than some of the benefits from working a nine to five. So it is almost all good. It is hard, but I don't, there's not a lot of downsides to me. Really there's sacrifices and it's hard work, but with a little bit of a game plan and a lot of faith in yourself, this can be one of the best things you do, but you have to do it smart. You have to be patient. You can't get too ahead of yourself. You can't fall for scams. Like you need to just stay diligent. And those are like my ending words, but do it. Totally. And don't fall for an MLM. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll do it. And then last thing, this is a great, great um, example here. Whether it's event planning, wedding planning, or podcasting, business, just find something that you are passionate about. And sometimes it'll take rolling the dice a couple of times, but find something that you do have a passion about and um, you'll learn along the way. And if it doesn't work, it's fine. Go with the next. Don't beat yourself up over it. That was something I used to do a lot. I'm like, okay. I failed. I failed at the first cleaning business. Oh my God, how dumb. Oh my God, I can't do it. <laughs> it's like, or my, my YouTube videos aren't taking off. You know what I mean? One of them, a couple of them are taking off. You know, after a while, you just, you, you roll the dice and see what works. So keep persisting. Find something that you're passionate about and find a community around you that does support you and outsource stuff if you can. Also, no one really cares if you fail. I know it feels like, They do. They literally don't care about you. They will forget. Like if you say you're going to start a business and do it for six months and then you fade away. Oh, I can't believe I didn't talk about this. This will be my last note. I also hold on in the, um, during the pandemic, right after I had my kid, one of my friends and I were like, let's resell like baby clothing. And then after like four months, it was like, oh, this is really hard. Like we were just like, this is kind of like a good way to make money. And we have like a lot of baby clothes because we have babies and they grow fast. But then we're like, we're not passionate about this. No one has said a word to me 
I actually like forgot I did that. Like no one cares. It wasn't like a passion project, but you start things, they fail. No one remembers. You'll forget. I literally forgot until you said that. Failing, they just don't take priority in some things. I don't think it was a failed business. I think you just decided it wasn't for you guys. Yeah, (laughs) it just was like, yeah, we didn't like have a failed business. It was just like, okay, this isn't it. So no one cares about you. It's like, you know, the same thing when you say confidence, like, you know, no one's paying attention to you in a room. It really is true. Like do your thing, stay diligent, believe in yourself. The rest will follow my friends. Well, I just want to thank you guys for letting me be your first guest on TLDL. I'm so excited. Um, it was super fun. I can't wait to actually meet you in person in November, Alex. Ah! We'll be down there for the full week. So I'm excited. Have, huh? I'm excited. Oh, it'll be super fun, but I'm super grateful. This was fun. I hope I did an okay job. Oh my God. A natural. I think you're a natural at video content. Oh, it's because when I walk into a room, every boy wants to talk to me. <laughs> yes. And I'm a special snowflake. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for coming on. You're so welcome. I took a really big day out of my busy day of not having a job to do this. Yes. And, and now <laughs> continuing on our not having a job in 12 minutes, we have sales coaching with our employees. Oh, oh. let's wrap this up. All right, babies. And prepare for that. And I will see you guys later. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. Hell yes. We hope you're inspired. And yeah, inspired. I like that. Yeah. I just hope you feel something. Yes. Like and follow. Like and follow on YouTube. Five stars on Spotify and all the um, platforms we're on. And right after this, the credits will roll and Alex will again tell you to do all of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Bye. Bye. You better listen. Follow us on YouTube at Too Long Didn't Listen. Follow us on Instagram at Too Long Didn't Listen Pod. And follow us on TikTok at Too Long Didn't Listen Pod. Please make sure to like and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you are listening to this podcast. Thank you to our producer, Ilya. Thank you for our artwork, Morgan. And thank you for the music, Kai Music. You better listen, bitch. I put your dog in the garage and not in the back room. Why? Because I thought it was the back door, but I just realized that it was the garage. <laughs> Give us one moment. <laughs> I'm just going to warn Ilya, warning you, Ilya, there is a large section to edit out where Alex and I fight about COVID. Oh, my Lord. (laughs) He's going to be like, what happened? (laughs) Gosh, we're...